Welcome to Healthy Choices with your host, Ray Solano from Austin, Texas. We're ready for your calls right now. Call in toll-free at 877-956-9566. Now, here's your host, Ray Solano. And welcome to Healthy Choices XM, broadcasting live from Austin, Texas. Your host is Ray Solano, clinical pharmacist and board-certified clinical nutritionist. I'm Kenny Rahmeyer, your moderator today, and we are ready to answer your questions about your health and how to make responsible choices that can change your life. Our headline for the show today is Diabetes is Preventable and Possibly Reversible. And our special guest today is Dr. Jim Laval, a nationally recognized clinical pharmacist, author of 18 books, founder of Metabolic Code Intelligence, a patent holder for the RG3 nasal spray for neuroregeneration, and he was recently named Director of Nutrition and Metabolism for the NFL's new Center of Excellence Medical Facility in Canton, Ohio. Uh, Dr. Laval is also course director at George Washington University graduate degree in integrative medicine, as well as a regular lecturer for the A4M fellowship program for anti-aging medicine. Our topic today is going to be how to change your diet in a very unhealthy world and live. And our toll-free number is 877-956- 9566 for any of your questions today 877-956-9566 or you can text us at 512-219-0724 send your text to 512-219-0724 and as always check out our website healthychoicesxm.com for podcast on our previous programs I mentioned the headline for today's show, Diabetes is Preventable and Possibly Reversible. Ray Solano, I think a lot of us have heard about the preventable part, but uh, certainly not so much about reversing diabetes. Tell us more about that today. Well, we threw that in there for people to to believe that they just don't have to settle for living in chronic disease. And it's really important that give people hope that there are some Things you can do, changes in your diet, specific nutritionals that you can do to be able to allow your body to rebuild some of these pancreas cells and also make your body more receptive to uh, insulin to lower your blood sugar levels. That's why we we have this. We have Dr. Jim Laval as an expert in this area to understand a little bit of the the chemistry and the pharmacology of what's going on in the body. So. We don't have to settle for being diabetic because, unfortunately, many people who have type 2 diabetes, maybe they're, they're, what they're doing, they're just delaying the inevitable that they will be a full-blown insulin-dependent diabetic. That's why that's the purpose of today's show is to have people make some very simple choices that they can do every single day and still live uh, live a normal life with everybody else. So this is why Dr. Laval is an expert in this area, because this is something that he he has experienced himself directly. Well, let's uh, bring him in. Let me give you the phone numbers one more time so we can get the discussion started here. Lots of your good questions are welcome. 877-956-9566. As we welcome on the phones today our guest, Dr. Jim Laval. Doctor, glad to have you with us on Healthy Choices XM. 
Oh, it's always great to be on Healthy Choices XM. It's, it's uh, always fun to be able to get on and, and uh, have a chat with my good buddy, Ray. Well, and I'm going to st- jump right in here to get the questions going, Dr. Jim, because uh, I have to tell you, working with Ray Solano, as you have over the many years, I, and I've certainly warmed up to the benefits of a gluten-free diet. And while I'm not a, a pure, strict, gluten-free dieter per se, I have adopted some of the principles and some of the foods uh, along the lines of gluten-free. And then I see this headline in the news, Dr. Jim, just in the last couple of days. Here it is. Gluten-free diet could give you type 2 diabetes, according to this latest study. And I'm just saying I've got to be like a lot of people. I never know what I'm supposed to do. I think I'm doing the right thing by adopting gluten-free. And then I see a new study that says, oh, gosh, now that can give you type 2 diabetes. Help me with that one. Well, I think there's a couple pieces to the puzzle. First of all, when people ate gluten-free, a lot of folks just kept eating more and more grain. So just because it's gluten-free, um, actually, when you take the gluten out, you lose some of the protein. So it becomes even a starchier food. So if people were really relying on still eating a lot of carbohydrates, but just eating gluten-free, um, it, it's not going to save you from you know type 2 diabetes. Um, and the second piece that's come out is that for a lot of the rice-based uh you know, flours that are used in gluten-free, they're finding that there's contamination issues uh, with things like arsenic, which, you know, arsenic has been known for the past 20 years to increase your risk for becoming a person with diabetes. So it really doesn't change the way I talk to people. People should eat um, gluten-free or, or severely restrict their gluten regardless because of the, you know, kind of the allergenicity of the grains that have gluten in them in the United States. But more, more importantly, people need to learn how to count their carbohydrates, whether you're eating gluten-free or not. People overeat. They're like, well, it's gluten-free bread. I can eat a half a loaf. It's gluten-free. That's healthy, right? Uh-huh. And it, That's and right. We've that heard that a lot. Yeah, it's that understanding of just because it says gluten-free doesn't mean it's healthy to eat the whole box of cookies. Or that you can eat, oh, wow, this ice cream is gluten-free. Well, of course it's gluten-free. It doesn't have any wheat in it. It's scary. I, I can, but it has a label on it that says gluten-free. Hey, I can eat that whole plain ice cream. Um, <laughs> that's, I think, once again, we get these misconceptions in the marketplace. We need to learn how to eat more plants, you know, so more vegetables, modest intakes of fruits. Count those carbohydrates. People work out for 30 minutes or an hour a day, and they sit on their duff the, the rest of the day. Uh, they think that they, you know, have to have pre-workout drinks, post-workout drinks. Man, I better eat a lot. I worked out. Um, it, it, you know, we're still relatively inactive as a society, and that's, that's another source of the issue around um, diabetes and lifestyle is that we just don't move enough. Right. Well, thanks for that answer, Dr. Jim. And that's Ray, that's one of my questions. I'll probably have more, but I want to step aside and give our listeners a chance to give us a call, 877-956-9566, for host Ray Solano and our special guest, Dr. Jim Laval. Ray? Well, Dr. Jim, you know, we've had you on the show, and your philosophy has always been you, you have to be able to live your life and or be able to come up with protocols for patients that are flexible for their lifestyles or else they're just not going to do it. You know, if we tell them to exercise and they automatically believe that you just told them they have to run three miles a day 
And if you've told them to change their diet, all of a sudden they're going to be starving to death and they can't eat anything. So unfortunately, being able to get people compliant is is difficult. But you've come up with some very simple solutions for people to live in, in a very unhealthy world. Because like you, we've said once before, right, there's no shortage of fast food places opening up and broccoli shop franchises are not sh- opening up in every street corner, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's plenty of liquor stores and plenty of bakeries everywhere. That's right. But uh, there's not a lot of uh, salad shops. And even the smoothie shops that open up and the juice shops that open up, still racked with way too much sugar. And, and so in general, you know, Ray, what we, what, we, what we really struggle with is that people, you know, we're, we're living under stressful times and people are going to want starch. And not just that, bottom line is because food is plentiful, our body will act, our brain will tell us, you know, hey, you know what, you can eat, there's food there, because who knows the next time you might starve, right? We have a primitive nervous system in a modern world. And so one of the things that I did was I developed a, uh, you know, a, a combination product for a company that I thought was pretty novel. I mean, I love it because it helps you to not digest as much starch. So if you do have a night where you eat a gluten-free pizza, when, oh, my gosh, you know, Ray, we're both Italian. You think we're ever going to, you know, totally give up the ability to have pizza? That will be very difficult. We're not going to sign up for that one. pasta. I'm going to want a little bit of pasta here and there. But, you know, I eat gluten-free. I do. I, 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 I like, you know, last night I actually, you know, sat in the track, track meet for six hours. We got out late. We went and stopped at our favorite pizza place and had a nice thin crust gluten-free, you know, pesto, you know, pie. And you know what I did? I took something called Frenuphase with it because I blocked 70% of the starch getting absorbed into my bloodstream. So I, I don't gain the weight. My blood sugar, uh, you know, you know, doesn't go up. So I spare my blood glucose from going up. And because I don't break the starch down, it goes to the lower intestine and actually feeds the beneficial flora of the intestine, keeping my microbiome in check. And then also when you feed the beneficial flora, it sends the hunger and satiety signals up to your brain and tells you, hey, you've, you've had enough. Uh, and so this is a very novel uh, compound. It's, there's three patented ingredients all in that, in that product called Frenuphase, um, and all of them are around how we manage carbohydrates. Because, Ray, I'll bet all the years of you seeing people, I know, you know, we talk about war stories all the time, but the fact is there's a sliding scale of carbohydrate tolerance for people. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Because right? if, you take, if you take it completely off of it, some of them have some very difficult anxiety difficult uh, problems, right? Exactly. So, you know, the, and, and then there's I can eat a little bit of carb and then I gain weight or I can eat a lot of carbs and not gain weight and then everything in between. And really proteins and fats, it's really not that critical. But in today's world, because of all the stress we're under, all the chemical pollutants, it's harder and harder to be able to tolerate those starches, but at the same time, there's valuable nutrients in them. So being able to take something that will break, that'll prevent the breakdown of the carbs and the entrance of sugar into your bloodstream, and then a third component is improve how your body burns that fuel so that you actually keep your, your energy up 
That's what's really interesting about this frenu phase. And I use it before any time I – now, look, I don't go and have a pizza every night. So I used last night as a real-world example of what actually happened to me. I, I, but, but when I do, if I'm going to have something or, you know, I'm going to have a little more starch than maybe I wanted – that I thought I would going out to a business dinner or something, I take frenu phase. It really helps. And by the way, the actives in this were studied. People lost an average of seven pounds more using it um, in a weight loss plan when they used wow. it. Um, and here's the big thing, right? It's not about losing an extra seven pounds over a period of four months. I mean, that's great, right? Seven pounds is a lot of fat. But the interesting thing was was that almost 75% of the people that were on the active ingredient in frenu phase continued to keep their weight off the following six months. That's unheard of on in kind of the diet kind of pill sector. So this is pretty interesting that in humans, when you take this compound called phase two carb controller, which is in frenu phase, you take it, you, it blunts your carbohydrate uptake, it sends your appetite signaling hormones to your brain, even after you stopped taking it, it kept it corrected for three out of four people for the following six months, and they didn't gain a pound. You're you know that's rare. Exactly. And for, for people who are just tuning in, you're listening to Healthy Choices XM. Dr. Jim Laval is talking about specific lifestyle choices that you can have to manage di- diabetes or prevent diabetes to begin with in the first place. And be able to live a lifestyle that we, unfortunately, in a very unhealthy world, we, if you'd like to text us, this is a perfect time for you if you are suffering from diabetes and have some questions for Dr. Laval, please text us at 512-219-0724 or call us at 877-956-9566. And Dr. Laval, one of the things that you've always told us is to be able to identify what your blood sugar numbers are. And you wrote your book, Your Blood Never Lies, and you're a big proponent of measuring. And it is unbelievable how many people know their cholesterol numbers, right? But how few people know their blood sugar levels or even their blood sugar levels two hours after a meal. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It, 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 it really is. And, and, you know, one of the most simple things you can do is you can go and buy a glucometer, something to check your blood sugar. And really, I think every household should have one. You know, Ray, one out of two people today are either diabetic or insulin resistant. And if you're insulin resistant, it means you're on your way to being diabetic. One out of every two Americans right now. That, that's a startling statistic. And, and the issue around this is, of course, is that you got to know your blood sugar. So I think every household should have one. You can go and buy them. I mean, literally, you can buy a glucometer for in-home use for about 20 bucks. And, you know, the sticks aren't that expensive, and you, you do a fasting morning blood sugar. Ideally, that number is going to be between 75 and 84. And for, for every point above 84, your morning fasting blood sugar is, it's a 6% risk of becoming a person with diabetes. So if you have a 98 morning blood sugar, all right, you're going to have a 78% risk of being a diabetic in the next decade. And what you'll be told by your doctor is that it's still normal. 
And this could That's be for our teenagers too. This could be for teenagers oh, or think, young children. Uh, look, if your if your kids are eating a lot of sugar, uh, I can tell you, you know, like onto this Ray, I was working doing blood sugar screenings in a big grocery store doing what we called wow events. We were getting you know awareness up of blood sugar, diabetes, cholesterol. And I would have kids go and drink two or three glasses of orange juice that were being given out free at the, you know, at, during the grocery grand opening. And they mm-hmm. would come back to me. This is back in the 80s, okay? And I would say, hey, let me do, fix, stick your finger. Well, all the little kids love that. Like, yeah, cool. You know, 11-year-old boy getting his finger stuck. He's all over it. Um, and his blood, the blood sugars would be 300 plus from drinking two or three glasses of juice. And, you know, what people don't realize is that the number one thing that plaques your arteries is post-meal elevated blood sugar. So you want to know your fasting morning sugar, and you want to know your two-hour post-meal blood sugar. So you do it two hours after you eat, and if that blood sugar two hours after you eat is still over 140, your blood sugar is too high, and you're probably eating either – you're either eating too much starch – and too much sugar with your meal, or you've lost your ability to utilize that glucose like you should, and it may signal a need for basic things like chromium, magnesium, zinc, the trace minerals that your body needs in order to make glucose get carried across your cell and be burnt uh, as fuel. Or it could mean there's other things at play like stress or lack of sleep or low thyroid causing your blood sugars to be off. This is Healthy Choices XM, broadcasting live from Austin, Texas today. Your host is Ray Solano. Our special guest is Dr. Jim Laval. And among other things, we're talking about how to change your diet in a very unhealthy world and live and live to tell about it. Right, Ray? And and specifically, we're talking about how diabetes can be preventable and even possibly reversible. Now, I know you want to make sure that our audience understands there's no cure diabetes, when you're talking about reversing diabetes, elaborate on that if you would. Well, and also, uh, Jim, your your opinion on this as well. We, we see many people that are insulin-dependent diabetics making major changes in their lifestyle diet and their lifestyle in some very important key nutrients. Their body can be able to respond to their natural insulin that they're producing, and sometimes not be dependent upon insulin injections anymore. Maybe you can elaborate that for, and maybe give some hope for some of our listeners. Well, you know, I think in the end, what you're really trying to do is figure out how to make your insulin receptor work again. And one of the big things that it's been now shown, and this was right out of the journal, like, you know, the, you know, diabetes journals, this is like American Diabetes Association journals that, when your gut gets leaky, meaning that when you, the GI tract allows for proteins to go through into the bloodstream, you can start to trigger your immune system to attack your beta cells or your, your, your pancreatic cells. So cleaning up your diet to make your diet less allergic could have a dramatic impact on your pancreas being attacked. That's one. Secondly, Changing the kind of foods you eat so that your glucose doesn't go up as high is incredibly important. And then the third piece is, well, how do I make this insulin receptor work? What are the things that are important? So, you know, the number one nutrient that's associated with the development of type 2 diabetes 
uh, you know, when you when you don't have enough of this, it's directly associated. It's magnesium, and it's a mineral that all of us should be getting in our diet when we eat plenty of vegetables. But there's two problems. One, nobody eats plenty of vegetables. That's the big problem. Right. Uh, and the second one is, is that even when you eat the minerals, you're trying to get the minerals from the vegetables. Our our crops have been grown in such a rapid growth fashion without adding magnesium into the soil that they're, they're magnesium poor foods. So we're not really getting this trace mineral that all of us need to generate the right kind of blood sugars, right? It's helping our body to be able to process glucose. We're not getting enough magnesium in our diet. And so it's incredibly important to understand that you can change the way your insulin receptor works. And that means that you can, you know, get by many times on less meds. And in some cases, people actually get away from needing medication. Well, that's what we're trying to do. We're giving people tips on how to be able to control their blood sugar levels in the foods that they choose for, and to eliminate fruit juices would be one of the, the biggest ones. We're going after sugary foods, sugary drinks are on the top of the list. And for the first time ever, we've been doing this show, Kenny, what, what 10, 12 years now? And, Several years, yeah. And, the first and one th- of the first shows, Ray, that we did, and your advice to our listeners, you know, how can they improve their health, is ditch the sodas was one of the first things you said on the air. And for the first time just recently, there's just been a article just published that health-conscious Americans now drink more bottled water than soda for the first time in history. So I, I guess, Jim, there's, there's, there's hope that the people are finally realizing that sugary drinks are the first step to be able to eliminate from your diet so your risk of becoming diabetic is is reduced tremendously and the next step is just to reduce the foods and carbohydrates i had my patient come in the the other day he said his blood sugars were over 150 he says well i have oatmeal first thing in the morning for breakfast and i said you know this is where it starts people just don't know what to eat especially for breakfast right jim well it's exactly right and and, you know and and i and i warn people because because the uh you know, the, the grocery stores are now lined with what they people think are vegetable drinks because they're green. And you have to pick the bottle up and see how many carbohydrates are in it. Because a lot of those vegetable drinks have a little bit of spinach in them and a lot of apple juice and orange juice and pineapple juice in them. And, uh, and, and so, yes, count your carbs. Learn about that. It's incredibly important. Uh, and and the other piece is is that, you know, People need to really start to look at, you know, breakfast, it isn't a bowl of cereal or a stack of pancakes. That's what makes people fall asleep by 10 in the morning. Um, They need to do more proteins and fats in the morning because your body is already pumping out a bunch of stress hormones, and that makes you more unfriendly to being able to, to utilize, you know, any kind of carbohydrate. When your cortisols go high, so when cortisol levels go high in your body in the morning and they're supposed to go high because we wake up, we're supposed to be working, we're supposed to be alert, um, elevated cortisol, which is the highest in the morning, makes you also not process glucose as well. So you really want to eat to match your body's biorhythms. So that means eating a more higher fat and protein breakfast. So maybe you do a protein shake or you could do a bison burger. Um, if you don't have a dairy problem, you could do cottage cheese with you know maybe some 
you know, with, with a little bit of fruit on it, right? Uh, you know, there's a lot of or, or some nuts, or some nuts, right? That's right. Yeah, but guys, the, the the labels tell us that it's it's all natural juices. It's all natural the stuff that we're eating. What about that? Well, that's well, why the it, term natural is trying to be redefined. Um, it's very misleading. You know, yeah. snake venom's natural, but I don't think we want it in our body. Yeah. Dr. Laval, we've got some questions that are coming through uh, that people are texting. If you could hold over for, we're going to have to take a short break here for for our listeners and for some people asking some questions about the preneophase. And I think we can come back with some case studies. Uh, call us at uh, 877-956-9566. You can also text us at 512-219-0724. We'll be back right after the break.
Let's talk about your healthy choices. We have room for you right now. Toll free at 877-956-9566. And welcome back to Healthy Choices XM, broadcasting live from Austin, Texas today. Your host in studio is Ray Solano, clinical pharmacist and board-certified clinical nutritionist. I'm your moderator, Kenny Rawmeyer, and our special guest today, Dr. Jim Laval, nationally recognized clinical pharmacist, author of 18 books, done so many other things in addition to just being named Director of Nutrition and Metabolism for the NFL's new Center of Excellence Medical Facility in Canton, Ohio. And today we are talking about how diabetes is preventable and possibly reversible. And we welcome you to uh, join the conversation today, 877 877- 956-9566 is our number, 877-956-9566, or you can send us a text at 512-219-0724. But give us a call, 877-956-9566. And, Ray, we were just talking off air as we're coming back live now that, you know, the phones are uncharacteristically kind of quiet here, and you said you think you know why that is. Share that with our audience. Well, uh, Dr. Laval, you probably can join me in this as as a clinical pharmacist. Diabetics sometimes are the most difficult patients to get motivated to do something to change their lifestyle or change their diet. And it seems to be that a lot of sometimes almost a cattle prodding to get them motivated, sometimes from their spouse or is somebody that's going to say, you know what, we got to do something about it, and it's this is preventable. So, doing something early on is the best remedy to pre- instead of waiting until somebody says you have diabetes. Would you agree, uh, Doctor Laval? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that have to be said. You know, one is um, people don't realize that once you become insulin resistant and diabetic, you're at a much higher risk of getting cancer. So you're like a four times risk of getting a colon cancer, higher risk of bladder cancers, higher risk of women and breast cancer. And here's the thing, you know, one out of two people in the U S are diabetic or insulin resistant. So if, if you're not motivated because of the term diabetes, Maybe obesity, you're overweight. Maybe you notice that you're craving carbohydrates out of control now, that you can't seem to, to manage those cravings. It's like, man, you get home from work, and it's like you're in that chip bag or into those cookies, and you can't stop. A lot of times people with diabetes, they, they think that they're, you know, they're kind of down on themselves because they can't stick on a diet. A lot of them don't realize the reason is is that their bodies become very inefficient in burning energy and making energy. Right. They don't burn fuel. So they make two packets of energy every time they're carrying in some glucose where, you know, a regular person's making 38. So when you're only making, it's kind of like when you're driving an SUV, right? You're going to stop at the gas station more. When you're insulin resistant or diabetic, you're going to, your body's going to ask you to eat more. And therefore, when you're trying to overcome this, if you don't do things like take magnesium or take chromium or take alpha lipoic acid, try and do some exercise, do things that will help correct your insulin resistance. All that will happen is, is your body will continue to say, feed me, feed me, feed me. The food goes in, the blood sugar goes up, 
and you perpetuate getting the weight gain, the lipid problems, the foggy-headedness, the craving patterns that occur, feeling achy, you know, all these things kind of come just bowling down at you like a boulder coming down a hill. Okay, guys. Well, as we get ready to go to the phones, here's that phone number once more, 877-956-9566 here on Healthy Choices XM. Let's go out to California. Pamela calling in today on Healthy Choices XM. Hi, Pamela. Hi, Pamela. Turn that radio down for us and go right ahead, please. Okay. Pamela, we need you to turn your radio down and give us your question. Pamela, you're on the air. Okay. Okay. Pamela, we're going to put you on hold, and we hope we can get back to you. I I think her question was along the lines of diet soda, guys, which you you mentioned, Ray, that... uh, Yes, Pamela, we can hear you now. Please go ahead. Uh, My question is the diet soda. What effect does that have on a diabetic, or if it does or not, like you're drinking two to three um, diet sodas a day? Okay, Pamela, now you listen through the phone so we can ask you some follow-up questions here, okay? But you listen to us through the phone, not your radio. Thank you. Okay, guys, diet soda. Well, Jim, that's this is your hot topic, right? Because many times, many you've told us that the diet sodas can many times make the body seem like their blood sugar levels, they're taking in blood sugar, and their pancreas, the isolate cells in the pancreas, see it as sugar and it actually could potentiate diabetes. Right, Jim? Yeah, I mean, the big thing is, is that, you know, you still get a sweet sensation, and that's what your body goes by. You know, your taste buds say sweet. If, I, if my taste buds say sweet, I'm, I'm going to naturally start to release some insulin to be in, in response to it. Um, and so, yeah, it's a problem. And, and even more importantly, um, when you drink a diet soda, it has a lot. It's very acidic, and when you when it when you're drinking pops, you're you're actually you're you know causing more risk of bone density loss. Um, but more importantly, you deplete your magnesium out of your body because you need to pull the magnesium out of your bones and out of your tissue to balance the pH of that pop you drank. So it's kind of like when you get a, a a pool that's too acidic and you get big algae blooms. When you get too acidic from drinking too many pops, it starts to cause all kinds of problems, like for your immune system, for your blood sugar regulation, for your blood vessel integrity. And people that are already diabetic, their blood vessels are stuck kind of stiff. So you don't want to do things that, you know, make them more stiff. So a couple different reasons why there. Well, Pamela, does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. Well, it's great to hear from you, Pamela, out in California today. And it's that easy. You have a question, you can give us a call right now. Our host is Ray Solano in studio and our special guest, Dr. Jim Laval, as we are talking about diabetes, how it's preventable, how it's maybe reversible, but all of this about how to change your diet in this very unhealthy world. Guys, another call coming in quickly. What do you mean by unhealthy world, Ray? What do we mean by that? You know, we've got... Tremendous amount of attendance at Pluckers, Kentucky Fried Chickens, Wings. And this is what everybody does on the evenings and the weekends. 
and Chuck's sitting here going, yeah, he's, he's, he can't wait for, to uh, go to the pluckers down the road. This is, this is the temptation that we have all the time with all the commercials. And unfortunately, we're trying to change behavior. And this is the unhealthy world. 877-956-9566. As we go back to the phones, we're going to stay out in California and talk to Van on Healthy Choices XM. Hello, Van. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Go right ahead. Okay. Um, Thank you for your program. And I just was listening to you very carefully, and I wanted to say something about wine. Now, uh, red wine is what I, I used to drink, and I would have like a glass or two pretty much every night, and I realized that I wasn't losing any weight. And once I I really, really feel that God told me to stop doing this, you know, when you get convicted. And um, so I stopped drinking wine since November, and I'm already, I already lost 10 pounds, and I'm, I'm looking much better. I mean, I wasn't really heavy, heavy. I was like 138, now 126, actually, today. So well, I'm good just for talking you. about people, thank you. People don't realize how much sugar is actually in it, and, and the time to drink it shouldn't be in the evening if you're going to drink it, you know. So anyway, that's my comment, and I just wanted to uh, share that with you and other people. Well, that's great. Thank great you. Comment. That's a great testimonial, and, and guys, uh, a great question. We know there's a lot of wine drinkers out there coast to coast. Well, that, that's right, and there's also those big article in the Wall Street Journal that many women are choosing white wine because of possibly uh, migraines or headaches afterwards. But I think the importance really is that the moderation and many times when you see your weight increase or like Dr. Laval was talking about, your blood sugars start to rise, that you're going to have a problem. And this is where you have to change your behavior. It's not something you can do once in a while with with friends once a week. But if it's happening to be you're going through three or four glasses at night and you're starting to gain weight, there's a problem. And this is where you do the prevention right early on. Dr. Val, do you have any comments? Oh, I, I think she's right on with, with this whole um, issue. I mean, I, I have so many people that they come to me and they go, I want to lose weight, but don't you take my wine away. And uh, the very first thing I say is, well, you're paying me to, to you know, try to solve a problem that can't be fixed because you're, you're probably having problems because you're drinking two, sometimes three glasses of wine a night. There's a lot of sugar in it. And now you're insulin resistant. You're drinking it at night. Then you're going to bed. It's, you know, it, it just, it's triggering weight gain. And I'm seeing it more and more in, in people. Uh, because, you know, a lot of people hear, oh, wine's good for you. I'm, I'm obviously Italian. I think wine is a wonderful, you know, delicious. It's great. I enjoy a good glass of wine. But I don't want to ever drink wine if, it's, if it makes me gain weight. I need to understand, well, how much can I have without it making me gain weight? Otherwise, it's no longer healthy for me. That's a good question. And also, we had uh, a caller leave a text that uh, had a question about many of these carb blockers and many of these uh, items that they have tried previously to control blood sugar caused a lot of bloating. So do you have any response to the listener that is – what makes this different, and also in many of these types of products, you have to modulate your dosage. If you can give us some feedback on that, Dr. Laval. 
Uh, I mean, look, occasionally somebody will have gas or bloating initially because they're changing your microbiome. You know, when, you're, when you eat something and you start to provide resistant starch to the lower intestine, it, it could cause some gas, especially if you don't have very much, you know, good flora in your, in your uh, lower intestine, and now you're feeding it, and it, can, it could cause that in the first week of use. Um, I see it rarely, um, especially with the uh, white kidney bean extract, the phase two carb controller that's in there. But, um, it, you know, it does happen, but then you, you know, just cut the dose down, uh, take half, uh, build up, and you should do fine. Um, I have very, very few people with any kind of lasting complaint, and it's helped a lot of folks. A lot of we have one listener that uh, sent a text that wanted to know: Is this a way that they can cheat on their diet and do this every single day? Is this way they can have all the carbohydrates they want on a daily basis and not really have to worry about their blood sugar levels? Yeah, no, that's not that's not the case. Uh, you want to be responsible about your carbohydrate levels, and if you're having trouble with weight loss, you want to use Frenu phase with it. There is no safe, you know secret pill that's like uh, have your cake and eat it too, uh, which a lot of people have tried to you know kind of play that story. You still have to be somewhat responsible, and even the FDA claims that are around uh, the phase two carb controller ingredient, because uh, there's allowable claims on weight loss, are inclusive of managing uh, uh, their carbohydrate in their diet. So in addition, the carbohydrate control in the diet, the use of frenuphase uh, or the, the uh, white kidney bean extract is, is uh, you know, has an allowable claim for weight management and weight loss. So you can't just go and eat all the, all the, all the cupcakes you want. And, and I think Sean, our producer, has a, has a question uh, for us as well. Sean, do you have a question for Dr. Laval? Uh, yes, sir. Thank you so much, and thank you for coming on, Dr. Laval. As a sure. um, home chef and a talk show host that's about all about food, what's the best way to make recipes that will help uh, diabetics? I'm j- just recently uh, diagnosed as a type 2 diabetic, so I'm trying to modify my recipes as I make them in my meal planning. Well, I'll tell you, the best thing to do is start to learn how to count your carbs. Um, it's really important. So it's, it's uh, you know, restricting your carbohydrate intake. So using things like coconut flour and almond flour uh, that will be a lot lower in carbohydrates, but you'll still have the ability to use it as a flour. Um, you know, those are really effective. Uh, so it's more like finding substitutes. Eat all the vegetables you want. Get more creative with vegetables, roasting vegetables, putting them on a grill, you know, sauteing them, creating, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things that we do and have done for a long time is we really get passionate about learning how to use our plants more. So plant-based diet more, lean proteins, right? And then legumes, um, you can use beans because they're high in fiber. You just have to watch you don't overeat uh, legumes. They do have a fair amount of starch. Uh, and then you just got to watch the breads, pastas, and cereals and grains. I mean, people, look, if you look at a serving of rice, it's not that big. When people go to a Chinese restaurant or a Thai restaurant, they eat the whole bucket. You know? <laughs> That's right. They just, they just like, I want my bucket of rice. Can you give me a refill? Or when you get the tortilla chips at the Mexican restaurant, how many times do you see people go for the second basket? What about bread? 
People, oh, those are the things you have to control is learning that. And then really, my father was a chef. So my father was, was a highly decorated chef. Um, I grew up around food, grew up in restaurants. Um, you can cook healthy and be a foodie. I, I think it's unfortunate that people put those labels on, on folks because it's totally possible to be a complete foodie and eat healthy. Sean, thanks for that good question, and you still have lots of time to join us here. Give us a call at 877-956-9566, 877-956-9566, as we go now to North Carolina, and Anna calling in on Healthy Choices XM. Hello, Anna. Hello. Hi, Hi, Anna. You're on the air. Please go ahead. (laughs) Well, I've been losing some weight. I have to to keep on a wellness plan for my insurance, and we have weigh-ins, and we have to drop the weight. Yeah. Um, So I've quit the coffee because I can't drink it without cream and sugar, so I quit that. I quit uh, the pop, and I'm losing some weight. But my question is breakfast time. He was talking about not eating the oatmeal and, and things like that. I eat cereal. What? What should I be eating? Well, that's a great question. I mean, I, I would if you did eat oatmeal, what you have to do is you have to put some you have to put some protein in with it. So you could get some protein powder and put it in, uh-huh. and maybe put a little bit of fat in with it. So like a little bit of butter, uh, then oh, really? cinnamon on it, so that you don't let that all that oatmeal raise your blood sugar up so much. So that's what a, one option that you have. But you okay. can eat eggs. You could have uh-huh. eggs and turkey bacon. You could have eggs and uncured bacon. You could have a bison burger. You could you could make a frittata. So you could make it bake like an egg casserole and have it for the week. Um, you know, and there's a bad rap on eggs. People think eggs are unhealthy, and there's just really no evidence that eggs are unhealthy for you. Well, Anna, I, you know, go I, ahead. I, you I, had I another question, Anna. Excuse Anna, me. I'm, no, no, ma'am. I'm sorry. Please go ahead with your question. Well, I do. I boil eggs in the morning sometimes, and I'll eat a couple because it's not that much calories in them. But what about like the cereal, like Special K with strawberries and things like that? Yeah, if you're trying to lose weight, I, I, I take cereal away from people in the morning. I don't let them eat cereal. I don't let them eat bagels. I don't let them eat bread. I don't even want to eat an oatmeal in the morning. And I mean, I've had you know our weight loss programs. We've worked with literally hundreds of thousands of people. We've developed them for. We do not have people eating bowls of cereal in the morning because, remember, you're training your body to store fat in the morning if you eat lots of starch in the morning. So cereals and bagels and grains, people crash. They feel tired by 10 o'clock. Your uh-huh. stress hormones are high. You don't use those carbohydrates very well. Not the right, not the right choice for breakfast. Okay, Think of cottage cheese. Think of, you know, eggs. Uh-huh. Think of uh, breakfast, lean breakfast sausages, things like that. Or what about yogurt? Uh, if you use Greek yogurt, it's okay as long as you don't have an allergy to dairy. But, you know, it's really nice having, like, uh, put some blueberries in, some Greek yogurt, plain Greek yogurt. You can uh-huh. put a little bee pollen on top of it. That's pretty healthy. Stir some chia seeds in it for the fiber. That will really sustain you. So there's some easy things you can do, and it's pretty tasty. But you got to watch, once again, if you eat yogurt. And you buy the flavored ones, they're chock full of sugar. That's right. Okay, I'll watch that. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. 
And yeah. great to hear from you in North Carolina. Thank you for your call. And now let's uh, go up to Michigan and Rob calling in today on Healthy Choices XM. Hi, Rob. You're on the air. Good evening, gentlemen. Um, quick Hi. question. Well, I, I recently switched uh, from eating cereal in the morning to just <laughs> eating almonds in the car on the way to work. And okay. I really find in the evening I can tell the difference in my energy. So when I would crash like 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, I definitely have more energy throughout the day. Um, but for my kids, I think maybe one of the previous callers asked about breakfast, but um, it, ideas for, well, first of all, are almonds a good option and other ideas for other nuts or other things that are easy to grab and, and the kids might even accept uh, in the morning as an alternative to cereal? I, I've had some children been able to be uh, satisfied with walnuts and blueberries Sometimes you know putting some berries together with with nuts is a, is a, a good choice. But many times you can put together like like Jim was talking about egg casseroles or have these already made up ahead of time, just heating them up. Convenience is important, and it's really it's it's good to make good choices first thing in the morning with fats and proteins, and just leave off the carbohydrates, especially for children, because guess what. They're not going to get hungry at 10 o'clock, and their their attention spans are not going to drop. So it's really important to give those kids the, the proper nutrition first thing in the morning. And how about those almonds that he was asking about, right? I think almonds are great, it's just, but make sure they're not the toasted ones that they are heated up very high because sometimes some of the commercial ones that you buy, they're, the, the oils, the beneficial oils, are too high of a temperature. So you can buy some, some good nuts, sometimes some raw nuts or lightly toasted uh, roasted nuts uh, and, awesome. and also it's a little bit yeah and you know look protein bars are good you can those are quick and easy and remember kids are different than adults um y'all if, if they're going to eat starch just make sure they got fats and proteins with it that's the big thing they do need some carbohydrates for their developing brain but they need but the problem is, is you end up giving people cereal and people eat cereal and they put some sugar on it and they then they then they put some berries on it and it's just all starch. They need that protein and they need the fat um, so that they're not just causing their, their glucose and insulin to spike up. So real Rob, is that, that Rob, does that help? Yeah, that helps. Could I ask one follow-up question? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, what, I know bacon might be a, a source of that uh, protein and fat in the morning. It's probably, you, know, you don't want to go crazy with the bacon. But what about turkey? What about turkey? I think we may have oh, lost. We may have lost, but he was asking, "What about turkey? turkey?" I think a turkey bacon would be fine as long as it's uncured. I think we're looking for items that don't have the high amounts of sodium nitrate, and I think is there's lots of meats uh, that are, are are appropriate first thing in the morning, like Jim was talking about, his bison burgers or or. He, I'm sorry, did we get you back? Okay. Well, anyway, those are some of the choices you can make. And also fish. I mean, uh, many of our Mediterranean cousins, they they have anchovies and they have the salmon first thing in the morning. So it's not uh, also for some of our listeners that may not want to have the meats. They can use fish as well. We have another call coming in. Quickly, though, clarify, Dr. Jim, very quickly, clarify on those protein bars. I've read uh, you got to be careful there, too, right? Well, sure you do, but there's plenty of good ones out there on the market now. So, I mean, you think of, like, Rise Bars are really good. They're available at most health food stores. Garden of Life has got some great ones. I'll tell you what, um, New Medica, who's a sponsor, I know, for Ray's shows, they have a fantastic protein powder called Total Vegan. 
protein powder, which is a great, you can make a great breakfast drink out of that total vegan, uh, you know, plant-based protein powder. And, and a lot of times a morning smoothie is great if you're on the run, like uh, the gentleman was just talking about that was eating the almonds. You know, throw some coconut milk in, throw some powder in, shake it up, and you're on the go. Well, we're out of time, Dr. Laval. Thank you so much for uh, being on the show today. And also check out our website, HealthyChoicesXM.com, to find out more information about Dr. Laval's formulation for prenuphase. And we're going to have you back on again, Jim, if you don't mind, because you've given us a lot of information today. Oh, glad to be on. Thanks for having me. And that website is HealthyChoicesXM.com. And if any of your questions during the week at 512-219-0724, you can call us or you can text us and see if we can answer those questions for you. And next week, we're going to have another exciting show of another nationally recognized integrative medicine practitioner, Dr. Gaz Agoli and Dr. Shoal Burnett are going to talk about adrenal health next week on Healthy Choices XM. <music> 